I may. We'll see. <laughs> if, if I can't take the heat much longer, I'll take my coat off. And I, I'm going to hang it in there for right now. Well, tonight is a very familiar passage of Scripture. It's a very familiar story in the Bible. Probably one of the most famous stories in the Bible is uh, 1 Samuel 17. And I'm not going to read the entire chapter because then I would just could quit and be go home. I guess that's the way to do it, isn't it? I could just read that and then we could go home. But um, anyway, we it's obviously the story of David and Goliath. And um, when we um, when I was I got the, the opportunity to go to Israel several years back with the Sons of Jubal, and one of the places we went to was the Valley of Elah, and it, it is a huge valley. I mean, it's big. You don't think about you know we 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 read the story we think of this little thing there at all and um and I guess I should have brought them I didn't I had uh, while I was there they we they, they let us stop and I went and found some smooth stones while I was there in the in one of the creek beds there and it wasn't obviously the same creek bed but it was at least a creek bed in the valley of Elam or close to it and so I had those five stones and that I brought back from Israel I don't know if you we were allowed to do that or not but I did it um, what was funny was I grabbed a lot more than five. I grabbed a bunch of stones, and, and all of a sudden people found out that I was picking up stones from there, and they went, I want one. Did you pick up an extra one? So I ended up giving away, but I wanted to make sure I kept five. So I, I gave away all but my five. And so I, uh, I did that, and, and it is, it is a, it's one of the, our favorite stories, and, and we, we, we look at it, it's the first thing that comes out for us is in chapter um, 17 and 4. The champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels on his legs. He wore bronze greaves and a great bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron Point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. So what the first thing I want us to think about is when you think about Goliath is he is intimidating. Some, some theologians say he was probably nine foot nine inches tall. That's a tall man. And especially in those days when they weren't quite as tall. Now Saul was considered a tall person. He wasn't anywhere close to nine feet. No, the other part of that is the armor that he had, some said 125, I read one that said it was over 200 pounds for all the stuff he had on. I can't lift 200 pounds, much less wear it. You know, I weigh north of 200 pounds, but it'd be like adding most of me again to my weight. I can't fathom that. His spearhead weighed 20, weighed 15 pounds, just the spearhead. Now, folks, that's heavy. And so this was an intimidating person is what I'm trying to get at. And many times we see tasks ahead of us and see things that are extremely intimidating. We look at our neighborhood. It's kind of intimidating. We, we have people from all walks of life, all nationalities, all kinds. It's kind of intimidating. Anytime we try to stretch out and reach out, it's, it's, it's a very intimidating thing. 
And, but what God wants from us is to keep on moving, to keep going, even though things look intimidating. Because intimidation brings on what? Fear. And we do so much out of fear, or don't do so much out of fear. There's so many things in our lives that, that take over us that. And so here it was, when we have fear and we let intimidation get us, get us, it shows lack of trust, which is exactly what was going on with the army, wasn't it? They were all sitting there in fear watching this Goliath come out and taunt them and, and say nasty things about their God and talk about who, how they were. And, and then he even made a promise that he did not keep that was not kept, I don't know if you realize that was not kept, but he said, you beat me and we'll serve you. I beat you and you all serve us. My guess is they'd have made them serve them, but our records don't show the Philistines ever served the Israelites. You know? So, so they didn't keep his promise because, let's face it, Satan's a liar. And will promise all kinds of things. And basically, Goliath represents in this Satan. He's the devil. He does what? He intimidates you. He taunts you. He pulls you out. Tries to get you to do things. And, and it takes off. So now we have a... When you have an intimidating circumstance like this, it's going to take great faith to overcome it. David had great faith. He had great faith. He was willing to take on this task. He was willing to take on the giant, even though he was at a young age. He wasn't, he wasn't, now he was no boy. I mean, he wasn't a little boy. He was full grown, but David was not exactly huge. He wasn't as big as Saul. And he was ready to take it on. And if you remember, his brothers didn't care a whole lot about it, did he? He was there. The whole reason David came was why? To bring food to his brothers. To bring greetings from home. They'd been there for a long time. They'd been there 40 days. It says that in verse 16. For 40 days, the Philistine came out forward every morning and evening and took his stand. And David, David gets there going, what's going on? I don't see this. And his older brother he just kind of said, you're just here to watch the battle. Well, that's a great statement to say, except there was no battle. He didn't see anything. All he saw was this giant coming out going, Hey, you guys, you're all that tough. Just come fight me. We'll be done with this thing. They don't do it. It took great faith. He had to have faith to take on that. We, a lot of times as a church, have to have great faith when we take on new tasks and daunting tasks. When you try to take on reaching out to Athens, it's going to take great faith. It's going to take great faith on your part to decide we have had enough of the devil taking over this place we want God to take back control of Athens would that be amazing can you imagine what Athens would look like if God got hold of it wow you want to talk about revival in the land because you remember we got this certain little national champion football team here in Athens, what would that say if that team got on fire for God? What would that say to the country and to the world? 
What difference would that make in God's kingdom? But our giants sometimes get in our way. We don't always understand what it's going to take. We have to step out on faith even in our personal lives. You remember that David, they tried to get, when he said something, he said, let me put you on. Saul dressed David, in, in verse 38, in his own tunic, put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head, and David fastened on his sword and over all this and tried walking around, but he wasn't used to it, was he? It's not that it didn't fit him. It wasn't that it was, it probably didn't fit him exactly, but it was not what David was used to doing. What was David? A shepherd. David was used to a staff, his slingshot, who knows what else. Maybe, you know, and he does what that's what he carried. He had a little pouch that he usually carried his snacks and stuff with, and he decided to put what in it? Stones. But he had those things. That's what he had. That was, that was what David was used to. He tried it. It didn't feel right. It felt restrictive. It was not who he was. Folks, we cannot be something we are not. You understand that? We so many try, times try to be something that we are not. We try to say, well, I'm, I'm a great this, I'm good at that, I can do that, all this. That's not who we are. I, I, I mentioned my, when I first got out of seminary, I decided I should be a stoic, very serious in the pulpit kind of minister of music. And I would lead them very stoically and ev everything was that way. I didn't cut up, I didn't do, it was not who I was. I was trying to be somebody I wasn't. I'd been trained in those seminary to, to do high church music and to do that kind of thing, and that's not who I was. And until I finally learned to be who I was, was I able to really thrive and enjoy, quite frankly, ministry. Because if we're trying to be something we are not, it is going to be tough. If this church tries to be something that it is not in order to reach people, it's not going to work. It's just not. You've got to be who you are. Now, does that mean we have to do it the same way we've always done it? No. Does that mean we can't try new things? No. What it means is we've got to try new things in the way we know what to do. My guess is David had never fought a giant before. He had, he'd whooped up on a bear and a lion and some you know, wolves and things like that. He'd done some of that kind of stuff. But I don't think he'd ever seen anything as intimidating as Goliath. You think about it. This man dressed in, in 100 to 200 pounds of armor with a, with a shield bearer in front of him with a spear that weighed 15, just the tip of it weighed 15 pounds. I mean, this guy was intimidating. Nine feet plus tall. That's not something we want to go up against. I sure don't want to go pick a fight with him. And yet this is going on. You see, when, you put, when we get put in situations and we have new opportunities, we have to be who we are. And I'm counting on you getting joined by a lot of new folks. And when new folks come, they're going to bring new ideas, and they're going to be different than you. 
wait a minute, well, now you're meddling a little bit too much. Because you see, when new folks come in, they bring in new ideas, and they see ways of doing things that are a little differently. Different. They're different from what you're used to. And it's very easy for us, the establishment, to decide, wait a minute, we ain't never done it that way, we're going to keep up the way we always did it. Don't you be bringing your newfangled ideas in on us. You just sit in the corner, and we're glad to have you, but you sit over there and don't... Folks, that doesn't cut it. New ideas will help bring the giants down. My guess is that giant Goliath had never fought anybody with a slingshot. He was waiting for a sword fight, wasn't he? Because why? That's what he'd always done. That's what he knew how to do. He had, been a, he had been a soldier since he was a boy. He was trained to be one because of his intimidating factor. They needed him to be this mighty warrior, and he was that, and he knew how to handle that sword. But he's all of a sudden looking up at, down at this boy with no armor on, with a slingshot and a staff in his hand saying, what is this guy going to do? And you'll say, he even says, am I a dog? The dogs, the staff we used to keep the dogs helping herd the sheep. The slingshot was used, he had to be very accurate with it, to hit next to the sheep to keep them back in line. That slingshot was used for all kinds of things. And a skilled slingshot shooter, whatever you want to call him, slingshotier, I don't know what he was, but he was a slingshot shooter, and he was skilled at it. And it, someone like that can handle it. The people and their new ideas have helped bring giants of plateaued churches down in many ways. The giant continues to fall, and we have to continuously battle it. See, David decided that he was going to take him on with a slingshot. Got his five smooth stones. Lots of different views on why he picked up five. Some say Goliath had brothers. Could have been. Some say, what if he missed? He needed an extra one, just in case. Because let's face it, even a skilled slingshot shooter could miss. You know, but what he's saying is, but he needed it. He took those, and of course we know the story. He goes running towards Goliath with that slingshot, Smacks him right between the eyes. Sunk into his forehead. He put some power behind that thing. And I'm sure that Goliath was shocked and fell down. Now, again, theologians, was he dead at that point? Was he just knocked out? We don't know. He certainly was dead when, G when David sawed his head off with the, or chopped his head off with the sword. He was definitely dead at that point. Whether he was dead before he chopped it off or not, who cares? David's fighting days were still not over, even though after the death of Goliath. David was what? The warrior king. He was known for his mighty prowess at battle. Now this guy started as a shepherd and all of a sudden became a great battle person 
the mightiest of warriors. Quite frankly, the kind of king Israel is still seeking. The Jewish people are still looking for that battle warrior king. They were not looking for King Jesus, the servant king. And somebody missed the point when that happens. But we have to continuously take on the, for the next battle. Because guess what, folks? <laughs> In church work, the battles are constant. If it's not one thing, it's three. I'm not kidding you. About the time you think you've got... You sit back for a second, something else hits. This happens. Some new opportunity to excel, challenge as we, we really call them, or some opportunity that's not what we expected will happen. We have to achieve victories God has planned for us. We are inspired by the stories of this little guy taking on the giant. And we should be. Because guess what? We're little guys taking on giants. That's us, folks. If you don't realize it, we as Christians today are the little guys. We're in the minority for the first time, and I can remember. We are all of a sudden persecuted for the first time, especially in America. We're all of a sudden given opportunities that we're not sure how to deal with, and we have to do that. We're, we have to be an inspiring story ourselves. You ever thought about that? That Forest Heights is an inspiring story? It is. This little church up here has ministered and met and, and helped so many people over the years. You go reach out and branch out farther than you know. I talked to somebody the other day, and, I, and they asked where I was in them. I said, Forest Heights and Athens. Oh, I know that church. Really? You know, I was shocked. You know that church? Yeah, it's right around the corner. I used to serve at Beach Haven. I know exactly where you are. Nice church. Good things. I haven't heard any negatives. People that, that know the church. Yeah. And you see... We need to look back at our past successes and failures, build on those, and start taking down the giants that are in front of us, little by little, with our little slingshots and our little stones, and go on and move on. Many of you have made sacrifices to get to this point, financially, spiritually, physically, you all have poured your lives into this place. That's a good thing. That's what it's all about. That's how you defeat giants, by giving all you have and sharing them and helping them. And we, and we can and be excited about all of that. But you know, Luke 20, 12, 48 tells us that from, what, from whom much has been given, much will be required. Much has been given you all. Much has been given me. Much has been given us. So we're required. Much has been required of us. I look at this story of David 
bringing down this big giant against all the odds, against all the people that said, what are you thinking? Against his own brother saying, go home, little boy. You don't need to be here. Go back to daddy. Go take your few sheep and go on and have a nice time. We don't need you here. And what would have happened? Would they still be waiting for Goliath to stand up there taunting them? You know, Goliath would have probably died of old age while they sat there and shook in their boots. We've got to understand that sometimes the giant's just a bully and that we have God on our side. You know, David said to Saul, don't lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And he goes, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. He told him how, all the things he did. And he says, he said, the Lord delivered me from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. See, if God can, can deliver us from little things, from things as we go along, he can deliver us from the giants. But can we do it that way? That's the name of the sermon tonight. My guess is Goliath didn't think he could kill him with a slingshot. My guess is Goliath said, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. This is the best you've got to offer? But God had the last word. David knew it wasn't him. David knew when he went into battle it wasn't going to be him against the giant. The same God that delivers me from all the other things is the one who will deliver me against this giant. The same God that has been with Forest Heights all these years and kept this church shining light on this little hill that we sit on will be the one that will be able to take care of any giant that comes your way. I am counting on God to do that because he loves you and he cares for you. And folks, he's still in charge. No matter what the world tells us, he's still the one that will take care of you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for this day. Lord, there are so many giants in all of our lives, we, personally and as a church and as a Christian body of believers. There are so many giants in our way. We need you to show us how to take care of them. Help us to not quiver and shake in fear, but help us to be bold and trust you. Lord, that's so hard sometimes. But we need to trust you to take care of all those things that come in our way. Lord, and we want to give you the praise and honor right now because we know you're going to do it. We're claiming it. And we thank you for these stories. Thank you for your presence here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.